When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Just in time for your summer playlist. Punchline's new single, Find Yourself, is out now. Everybody got so good at everything I'm just over here Trying to keep my house clean I have an eye flow, man It's up and it's down I'm wondering if this is why I'm doing Listen to Punchlines Find Yourself on Apple Music, Spotify, and everywhere else you can stream music. Duh. What's the matter with the songs he's singing? Can't you tell that they're pretty lame? After listening to a couple albums, well, they all start to sound the same. So we tried to change his music style. He tossed all his vows in the third year's file. But then he found the pumps down, breaking ground all around his mill, Billy So, Matt, we're talking about what will be the first of many songs that didn't make it onto the album. Yeah. And we're doing this for a live stream event at Geekscape. So we wanted to bring in one of the heavy hitters of Geekscape, one of the people who's also kind of new to the network, similarly to Weird Algorithm. So I'd like to introduce Dustin of the $2 Late Fee Podcast. Dustin, welcome. Yes. Thank you guys for having me. Uh, and thank you for, yeah, calling me a heavy hitter, even though like I've been here five and a half minutes uh, on the Geekscape <laughs> network. But I literally just listened to you talk to Dean Cameron for the second time. So I consider you a pretty heavy hitter. In yeah, my heart well, but you love Dean Cameron. I think you're the heavy hitter of the listeners. <laughs> you're, you're easily our heavy hitter, hitterist. I'm just making up making up verb tenses. But Heaviest hitterist listeners. Yes, you really there are. There so, All of those so, things. So thank you both. But Dustin, you're the new one on the show. Matthew and I have already talked about our Weird Al love and our experiences with Weird Al. So before we even dive into this very strange, very not like Al song, uh, I need to ask you, what, what's your journey with Weird Al? How did you discover Weird Al? And have you been a fan this whole time? Or did you, like many, have a period of time where you were too cool for Al and then came back? Yes. I uh, Thank you for the question. I, uh, I, I despise Weird Al with every five. Okay. No, I'm just, Perfect. I'm totally kidding. <laughs> totally kidding. No, uh, you know, Weird Al. Hot take from the first cast. <laughs> right? I don't, wait, this is a Weird Al podcast? Yeah. <laughs> I thought we were going to talk about Matt Damon. You guys were just, you know, you're, this is your podcast. So you understand that no one was doing what he was doing as far as when we were kids and just hearing that. And you're like, like, I didn't even know that was a possibility that you could like, 
take a song, rework it so it's, you know, hilarious. And, and when you're like, you know, seven years old, it's hilarious, you know, and then and then make an album that way. And, and one of my best friends who lived down the block from me, he had like Weird Al's entire collection. So we'd go over, he'd play all the hits and I'd be like, this is, this guy's, this guy's amazing. And, and, you know, utilizing the accordion and in the way that he did, that was also like maybe my first foray into like the, the cool, the coolness of the accordion. Yeah. And then, you know, so I've, I've, I've always had that, that Weird Al foundation. And then I actually, I, I, maybe four years ago, I, I met Weird Al for the first time in a, Baja Fresh out here in LA <laughs> and he was eating by himself you know he's just like scarfing down a burrito because he had a show at the Hollywood Bowl like I feel like that night uh, and he got up to leave and this, the way that this Baja Fresh is designed is that you go out the door and there's like stairs right at the door and and there was a line for lunch you know and so I was holding the door open he walked by and I said Al huge fan. And in that same moment that he turned around to say, thank you, he bit it so hard on the <laughs> no. stairs, like just, you know, just slam. And I was like, oh, oh no, because he couldn't like turn around. And it was just, it was awkward. I mean, but he had to do that thing where he, you know, just brushed it off. Like it was part of the, I didn't fall. So he just slammed his knees, slammed oh his God. like chest, got up and then was, and then never looked back at me. You know, he just like, he just kept walking and he walked, oh he scurried God. away. And I was so, like, so we're joined by the man who almost murdered Weird Al Yankovic down a flight of stairs. And Dustin, uh, I mean, f- again, first guest we've had on this podcast and what a story to beat now. Hey, I you ran into Al at a Baja Fresh. And I felt awful. Before his show, I, Al was eating alone <laughs> at Baja Fresh. At the single little table in the window. And I was like, man, he's really like, he's like, he was like. With the apples, uh, what's that SNL character? Is like uh, Chris Kattan has this like oh, weird character, yeah. and oh, it was like he was eating like that fast, like he was just flying through it. And I, um, but anyway, I felt I felt really horrible. Um, oh my god! Because we've all been there. Imagine we've all fallen right. that way, you know, or something. I don't so. know if I'm going to be able to recover from that story. <laughs> yeah, Jesus uh, and and Matthew, that, that's absolutely incredible. correct. What a what a first story from a first guest. The, really, the bar. Has I was been not set. prepared for that to come out like that. <laughs> everything about that story got better and better. Oh, I'm so glad you liked went. it. So let's talk about this song, and I, I've got a few things I want to say leading into this. First off, I mean Matthew, I feel like this song more than any other song that we've talked about so far is just further evidence to the like weird Al is a punk rocker in the early eighties. <laughs> this is oh, like, big time. this is like defending the honor of punk in new wave for most of the song. But what I want to know yeah. is with both of you, was this your first time hearing this song? So I had heard the, um, there's a, there's a really crappy video version of him and his band doing this, uh, from back in the day that I saw forever ago. I don't know why I was just on YouTube stumbling around and I found this from an early, early concert of theirs, um, which you and I shared back and forth as well, Matt. And I had seen that. So I was aware that this song existed and I knew something of the, the lore behind it, but I had not heard that version you just played until right before we did this episode in anticipation of it. That's like the cleanest version of the entire track that I had ever heard before. For sure. And how about you, Dustin? Was this just your first time even knowing the song existed? Uh, I have heard this song before, but because I'm not a huge fan of the Billy Joel song, this didn't resonate or 
stay right. in my brain. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. See, I am a pretty diehard Billy Joel head, to be <laughs> totally honest. I love Billy Joel. I like the album that this song is on that he was kind of bitching about. I think Glass yeah. House is, is a really good record. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but... Al, uh, in a couple interviews, uh, he talked about a few things. I, I dug up a few different interviews, including one that was like last year during the pandemic. He did like a live stream show and they played the the video that Matthew's talking about, the really kind of crappy concert video. And they asked him to talk about if Billy Joel had ever heard the song. And he said like, yeah, Billy Joel had heard the song. And he's like, and that was kind of the first time that he realized, A, that people might actually hear these things that he's saying and it was also kind of the realization where he was like well i don't want to be i don't want to be mean to these artists and that's right kind of what the big shift where it's like after this first album we do get like the wholesome version of weird al that we've come to yeah. know and love because as as matthew and i talked about on the last couple episodes like the first album is dark and mean-spirited pretty much throughout like, yeah he's he's mad well you know it's funny you just made that i'm going to do a connection to the thing you were talking about in your previous podcast the one hit thunder you guys were talking about i was in the background listening yeah uh how you never expect the person you're talking about is going to hear hear you talking about them yeah. yes <laughs> when, when you're yes. small or when you feel small yes. and which al clearly did at this point in time like he was just a kid writing goofy songs and I mean imagine like in a million years at the time he probably never imagined Billy Joel would ever hear his name let alone hear the song that he was doing so it was all just fun and games and then he started to get some attention and once you get that attention suddenly it's like oh wait a minute <laughs> well, now is... I'm really like do is this how, am I comfortable with the person I'm talking about actually hearing what I'm saying about them. Yeah. And this is one of the rare times where the parody song is about the artist. You know what I mean? Like there's yeah. only like maybe two or three other times that that ever happened. Obviously the most famous one being smells like Nirvana, yeah. but like even that one was not remotely as mean spirited <laughs> as it's, it's still true. Billy Joel to me. Like it's silly. It's still Billy Joel to me is like even just re-listen to it, this is like a pitchfork review in the form of a song. <laughs> <laughs> Billy Joel was also a really easy target back then. You oh, know, for like sure. it, it was funny because he was super popular, but he was an easy target. People loved making fun of Billy Joel. Um, and Al's right on that bandwagon. Nirvana, when Al parodied Nirvana, they were at the height of their fame and they were like untouchably cool. Yeah. So doing a song pointing out their, you know, like sillier quirks was very endearing. It was just, it felt like they were, you know, it was okay to make those little references to this band that was otherwise untouchable. Yeah. Um, but Billy Joel, as an easy target, I actually feel like Billy Joel's cred has gone way up um, in more recent years well, and this to back is, then. This is beginning of 80s Joel, which is so, um, <laughs> so like, debated on if it's good or not that it became like a joke in Step Brothers, right? That there was the only right. 80s Joel cover band which like right, the joke right. being like no one right. would ever want to hear anything post the stranger, right? Like right. like why would you ever? But I, again, I love Glass Houses. I think I I mean, I feel like Dustin already played his hand on this, but Matthew, are you a fan of Billy Joel? <laughs> I am, although I have to, you know, I am probably one of those people who I think when I was a kid, here, so here, I grew up on Long Island. Mm -hmm. So Billy Joel, it's religion. It, it's 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 religious, yeah. and it's also as a kid who grew up as a punk rock kid, 
could not have been more toxic <laughs> to me as a child. <laughs> like I was like, no way, absolutely not. But now as an adult who is into music, I listen to those records. I'm like, these are solid. Like it's really hard to find much to complain about. I think he wrote great songs. I think yeah. that 70s records are incredible. And I think that his ability to write like mainstream pop hits in the 80s was also pretty incredibly solid. And there's a yeah, lot so. of like un like non-singles on those. Like I think Where's My Orchestra on Nylon Curtain, like the closing track to that album is like yeah. one of the prettiest songs I've ever fucking heard. And it's like a heartbreaking song. Like it's it's literally like Billy Joel's version of Send in the Clowns where it's just <laughs> like it's like him just writing a eulogy oh to his career, basically. Uh, like, it's, yeah, it's, it's heavy, and and I. But I'm a big fan of the writing of Chuck Klosterman, who's done yeah. the book Sex, Drugs, and Cocoa Puffs, and he has this right. whole essay about like what made Billy Joel so cool was the fact that he was the least cool person in any situation. Yeah, <laughs> like, and that like all of he he's like you can't find a love song by Billy Joel that's not just just soaked in sadness and melancholy like all of them are so depressing um but dustin I, i'm just assuming because you had made a comment are you a joel fan or or uh not really well I, I need to clarify i'm not a fan of still rock and roll to me okay that is why <laughs> but billy joel i am a fan of and and same as you matthew it's like as an adult kind of like keying into the lyrics where i was like oh this guy's a songwriter you know, like even yeah, like, yeah. like hearing Piano Man and really listening to Piano Man, I was like, sure. whoa, there's, there's a lot of layers to this song. It's there's also something he has done that I think is really interesting. And we're just talking about Billy Joel now, which is totally fine. I'm on board. <laughs> um, is uh, his last album was in 1993. Yep, River and of he Dreams. has just continued. <laughs> yeah, exactly. River of Dreams. And he just kept going. And he had a big hit on that record. And he has continued and just very openly been like, I don't feel like I have any more song writing I can't write at that level anymore mm. and I'm going to stop and I'm just going to continue to perform and I'm going to play the stuff that I'm really proud of and I'm not going to keep going. And that's amazing. There are very, very few. I actually cannot offhand think of another artist who did that. Really good point. Who, yeah. who has, who has had the, I don't know, the, the, the self-awareness, you know, so many people like as they get older and honestly, I don't fault some of the more like the older we're recording this at the same time that pink floyd released one of the worst songs i've ever heard oh, oh my god the ukraine oh you know god. Like, and like, honestly <laughs> they're not even terrible sometimes like mccartney is still putting out records and i listen i'm like yeah okay there's a couple like nice songs on this but i mean i mean when was the last time that he put out like a vital vital album like billy joel just being like unless i can do unless i can top the charts with what i'm writing i'd rather not write I have a lot of respect for that as an attitude and a, an approach. It's, it's very, it's kind of ant antithetical to being a pop artist, <laughs> in a way. I, I don't know. I just, I'm, I, I'm blown away by that uh, level of awareness and kind of control of your career in well, a way. Yeah. And the last, the last cool Billy Joel thing that I want to mention before we dive into this song a little bit is, uh, I heard this rumor and I think it's true that Billy Joel at every concert he plays, buys all of the tickets for the first three rows and then has roadies go up into the nosebleed section and give those tickets to people because oh, he that's was... true. That's great. He was like, I was just sick of, of playing these songs for people who could afford the front yeah. row but didn't care about it as anything other than a status symbol. Like, mm -hmm. I'd rather play in front of people who love my songs and are singing along 
And he's like, and those are the people who are going to spend twenty dollars to sit in the nosebleeds yeah. just because they want to be there to hear that music live. Yep. So yeah. it's like that's that is like taking your rock star power and showing a real love and appreciation for your fans True, in a way great. that very few artists do. Absolutely, absolutely. It is mind blowing and heartbreaking how many original scripts are written every year but are never made. So we seek out these scripts and bring them to life with full audio production and professional actors. Check us out at Undiscover Scripts. Movies made of paper. Wherever you get your podcasts. Free. But all right, so it's still Billy Joel to me. Yes, it is very mean. I still think it's very funny. (laughs) Oh, it's funny. I mean, he's got some really great references. And I do love the fact that he is, as you pointed out, he is rallying against like it's clear that al is comes from this punk and his hit al's uh definition of new wave which he keeps referencing in this song because billy joel references new wave in his song uh (laughs) it's clearly making fun of billy joel's interpretation because al is just like i think we must be hearing different things when you're using that word or that term (laughs) keep using that word i do not think it means what you think i don't think that we have uh but yeah like it is a wild. It is a wild song. I remember I first heard this song actually on Comedy Bang Bang back when it was called Comedy Death Ray. Oh yeah. And they had wow. Weird Al in the studio and he had found a much cleaner live version of it and they played that on the show and I was like blown away by how much I enjoyed the 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 wildness of that song because I do love it still rock and roll to me. I do love that. Like I said I love that whole Glass Houses album, but you know, it's like show me the lie <laughs> in the lyrics at the same time. It's like he's he's saying truthful things simultaneously. Yeah, yeah. So it's interesting because you pointed out. So Al has said that he knows Billy Joel heard the track. The the bit of there's some interesting like legend behind this song that I was seeing. There's a lot of conflicting reports online about whether or not Al asked permission for this and got denied, or if he actually never asked mm. because he wrote it and then when the record came around. What kind of chickened out in a way and was like we're not there's no way we're going to be like is it cool if we do this <laughs> and they were like forget it we're just going to scrap it and that, mm-hmm. that's that mm-hmm. well and another thing that I heard which I think is also probably makes sense and I want to just make sure I get this album correct but you know this demo is from 1980 which was right when Glass Houses came out mm-hmm. but the self-titled Weird Al album wasn't going to come out until night 83 where at that point like nylon curtain had already come out which was kind of a little bit of a return to the 70s sound of joel and then mm-hmm. an innocent man came out which was like an all 50s rock album so i think there was also that element of like none of the things that we're talking about are even remotely relevant to billy joel's career mm-hmm. by 1983 like it, sure it sure. was a song that i one of the proudest songs i ever wrote when i was writing music uh as a as an angry 20 year old it's like, I can't even pretend that anyone would care about this song anymore because it was literally a, a song about the music scene in the early 2000s. So it's like talking about, oh, you're wearing your girl pants and you've got your studded belts. And you're like, <laughs> it's like, it just doesn't hold like pink shirts and trucker hats. Like it was like references to oh that where God. it's like, that's like barely, like if I put that out in 2022, like the audience would be like, why are you talking about how we dressed 16 years ago? Like that's so pointless. Best way to date yourself and your music. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Sure. Start naming things. Oh God. Um, and just throwing this out there because it ties to a bunch of stuff, but someone on Twitch actually asked us, 
uh, have we seen the new Nerf Herder music video of them covering My Bologna that dropped today? I that haven't got today. It no, I had I, no idea. I didn't see it yet, but obviously, you know, Matthew and I both talked about we have some connections to Nerf Herder, so I, I think someone yeah. from Nerf Herder will be on this podcast sooner rather wow. than later. <laughs> interesting. But, That's very that. interesting. Yeah. <laughs> so, Dustin, let's talk a little bit about. What are your thoughts with the lyrics? What do you what do you think of this very strange, angry parody from Weird Al Yankovic? Yeah. Well, I, I think, you know, t- to the point that you guys were both talking about earlier, it's like when you are in your 20s, it's very easy to disconnect from that mean-spiritedness, you know, that just kind of will naturally come up. Uh, even though I feel like now we all like have that to a degree, but you just kind of know better, especially once you're, quote, sitting at the table, like once you know once you realize there's a possibility, oh, these people in my circle could be, you know, hearing this or seeing this or, or whatever. So I do think, yes, I, I, I enjoy it, but there is that kind of like, oh, wow, it really is mean spirited for the sake of being mean spirited. And I think he, he feels that kind of fearlessness. Cause like you guys said, I, I'm not going to meet Billy Joel. I don't care. Yeah. Let's just ride this wave of, of this guy's, uh, you know, he's oversaturated. He's everywhere. He's a, he's a poser. He's talking about walking through uh bed alone. Like he's so tough. <laughs> yeah. Not in this song, but you know, you're like, really? Yeah. Like even like Uptown Girl, like as a kid, I was like, is this guy like, is he blue collar? Like I, he doesn't seem that way to me. And like, he, does he work on cars? Can he, can Billy Joel fix your carburetor? <laughs> That's the question I, I pose. Like I, I feel like I go through that same feeling with another artist that is in the similar ballpark of Billy Joel that uh, I also love their music, but there's a certain point where I'm like, can Bruce Springsteen still claim to be working, like writing for the middle class when he's been like the biggest songwriter right. for four decades? Right. Like, similar era, yeah. similar, yeah. Yeah, Coast. it's true. I, I don't know if you saw his, um, the Broadway show that Springsteen did. Um which they filmed, it's on Netflix and stuff too, but it's the f- opening of the show, is he says, he was like, I never had a factory job in my entire life. I've never worked nine to five. I've never done any of that. And he's like, <laughs> my whole career is, is based on a lie. That's brilliant. <laughs> least, by his own admission, he's yeah, like, at least I, he's it's, self-aware it, that's my trick. It. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I do want to analyze, man. So I'm looking at these lyrics, because even just listening to this song now, reading this this specific line, is just so mean, <laughs> which is, well, what's the matter with the Toonies writing? You know it's going to be a smash. It's so nice when you're a big-name artist. It doesn't matter that it sounds like trash. <laughs> like, holy yeah. hell, Weird Al. Yeah. Your shitty music no, is popular. No, no. Like, <laughs> Yeah, exactly. what you're saying. And yeah. he's also got the lyric making fun of, like, I guess he's uh, saying that Billy Joel presents himself like more punk rock than he is. The whole, maybe he should dye his hair bright pink and stick a safety pin through his cheeks, then he'd really fit the new wave image, but he couldn't sit down for weeks. <laughs> yeah, That's also a, a kind of a blue lyric for Al. Mm-hmm. Very. Yeah, yeah. It's one of um, like, I would say there's one of like three blue lyrics in his entire career. And that's, yeah, that's there are not many. Big one. I, I also, look, as a diehard B-52s fan, I love that he's standing <laughs> up for the B-52s <laughs> in that last verse. Like, oh my God. Hey, we're, uh, Said you no know, one we ever. get to, um, <laughs> when we get to uh, uh, to in 3D, he does his uh, his yeah, he, uh, B52's homage. Yeah, and, um, and like pre Love Shack, that's the craziest yeah. thing. He's doing a, yeah, an homage yeah, yeah. to like my own private Idaho and like Rock Lobster era mm-hmm. B52's, which is 
I mean, I like Love Shack, but that is to me prime B-52s when it is just some of the strangest guitar riffs and just weird noises. Fun fact, did you know (laughs) that the B-52s song Rock Lobster is instrumental in John Lennon deciding to come back and record more music? Because he heard the weird noises that they were making in the background and thought, finally, the radio is ready for what Yoko and I have been doing. Oh, my God. (laughs) Wow. Oh, my God. I had not heard that before. That is amazing. It doesn't totally surprise me because I I think it all the time. Anytime I hear that song, Rock Lobster, all I think the entire time it's playing is like, this was a hit. (laughs) Can you believe this was a hit song? Can you imagine Someone at a record label hearing that song and be like, yeah, we'll go with that. Yeah, dude. The, because it is long. It's <laughs> it goes on forever. Yep. It's that scene where they're singing about all of the different animals and uh, each member makes a noise. <laughs> like, it's, it's just so like, crazy. Here comes it's, the jellyfish. Whoop, whoop. Like, it's like, <laughs> like, but that uh, apparently was the moment when they started doing those noises. That's amazing. He was like, they're ready. They're ready for the Plastic Ono <laughs> band finally. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, that's wild. I love that. I love that. When I heard that story, I'm like, that checks and is also amazing and hilarious at the exact same time to me. Yeah. I think that this is an interesting song. I'm curious, do you think we should rank this with our parody songs or do we ignore the the demos that never fully made it? That's interesting because we didn't talk about this in advance. I'm inclined to say that we should stick to the official. Okay catalog you know I, I love talking about these things and but in terms of like the actual ranking structure i feel like we should keep it within official canon discography i won't put it on the official rankings but i am curious amongst sure. all the other co- oh yeah we can talk about yeah it. amongst all the other parodies that appeared on the self-titled where off do you think record. you would put this one <laughs> off the record this is completely off the record, off the record. no yeah. one's no one's listening to us where would i rank this because mine's it's, i would put it at number two right below ricky right above my bologna i really like this song. wow <laughs> what yeah and i ranked my bologna number one of the yeah. parodies of the first Your, record right yours was my bologna at number one i love rocky road at number two ricky at number three another one rides the bus at number four and we both agree that Stop Dragging My Car Around so far was the worst parody that we've heard by Al. <laughs> I'll put it above uh, Another One Rides the Bus. Ooh, putting him in that. I will, so I will put him put in it, that fourth slot if we were Smack in the middle there <laughs> of this stuff. Because this does have the, I, I love, I, we were talking about actually some of this stuff that he did by himself and this like really kind of rough DIY sounding recordings of him alone. But I really like the sound he gets on this one. This is like, I love um, just from a purely like technical thing in the middle uh, section of the song. He does. It's supposed to be a drum fill. It's like a triplet drum fill down the uh, drums before the second verse, and he just slams the accordion keys like like that, and it sounds so cool. Like that's again a punk rock thing. Like man, I want to hear him do more of that kind of stuff. It's like I do miss, or we will miss as we get past this time period of his the. The real uh, sort of rough and ready uh, style of this stuff because they get so much slicker as soon as the album one time period is over and we get into eat it and all that stuff. It gets so much more hi-fi. Yeah. yeah how do we sound exactly like the recording? Exactly. Of just exactly. Like a band covering a song. Mm. Um, yeah. Well, Dustin, thank you so much for joining us, giving us some some one to to bounce our thoughts off on this. Where can people? check out more of Dustin. It's my it's my pleasure. Uh, thank you guys for having me. This has been really fun. And uh, yeah, you can, you know, I'm uh, part of the Geekscape network, $2 late fee. 
with Zach Schaefer. We do 80s movies, 80s soundtracks, 80s celebrity interviews. Matt Kelly is our number one uh, fan. <laughs> and uh, wh- what did we say? My the, the my utmost, I don't even remember what it was, but um, you were the highest tierist fanist, um, yes, something like take, that. Yeah. Upper upper level. So thank you guys. Um, oh, a heavy hitter. He's the heaviest hitter. Heaviest hitterist. Thank you. Yes, that's is. what it was. It. Um, we got it back. We got it back. I didn't meet Al. I didn't watch <laughs> Al fall out of a Baja fresh. <laughs> I can't I can't compete with that, but I did do a remote recording uh, without ever speaking to him in, in real life. That's good. It's go. not even close to as good, honestly. <laughs> I, I can't believe that Baja Fresh story. Uh, right. that's gonna that's gonna haunt me. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.